The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. In today's video, I'm going to be discussing a bit of a controversial topic. It's something that pertains to both the students and professors of Hogwarts, and it's definitely not something positive. I am of course talking about corporal punishment. If you don't know already, corporal punishment is an old system of punishment that was actually surprisingly common in the school system, that is, until it was banned in 1986, in the UK at least. Other countries went on to ban it at different points in time, and I think that it may actually still be allowed in some places. It's also worth mentioning that corporal punishment also exists outside of the school system, however, the school system will be the focal point of this video. Corporal punishment involves inflicting physical pain upon someone, and in a school setting it would be administered when students failed to pay attention or gave professors flack. Though not restricted to these methods, common methods of inflicting pain would involve spanking or paddling, both of which are completely unacceptable. Interestingly enough, however, we do actually see instances of corporal punishment in the Harry Potter story. Most notably, this style of punishment is exercised by Severus Snape, who would routinely smack students that were taking the mickey or failing to listen to his instructions. But I wonder, was Snape actually allowed to do this? Surely the magical school of Hogwarts doesn't condone this sort of behaviour, right? Let's dive in a bit further. The truth is, the regulations involving corporal punishment at Hogwarts seemed to be at the discretion of whoever was headmaster. For example, there is evidence in the text to support that Dumbledore was against it. Professor Umbridge seized Mariessa, pulled her round to face her and began shaking her very hard. A split second later, Dumbledore was on his feet, his wand raised. Kingsley started forwards and Umbridge leapt back from Marietta, waving her hands in the air, as though they had been burned. I cannot allow you to manhandle my students, Dolores, said Dumbledore. There is also evidence in the Goblet of Fire to support that McGonagall was against it as well. Teach, Moody, is that a student? shrieked Professor McGonagall, the book spilling out of her arms. Yep, said Moody. No, cried Professor McGonagall, running down the stairs and pulling out her wand. A moment later, with a loud snapping noise, Draco Malfoy had reappeared, lying in a heap on the floor with his sleek blonde hair all over his now brilliantly pink face. He got to his feet, wincing. Moody, we never use transfiguration as a punishment, said Professor McGonagall weakly. Surely Professor Dumbledore told you that. He might have mentioned it, yeah, said Moody, scratching his chin unconcernedly, but I thought a good sharp shock. Umbridge, on the other hand, was all for it, as clearly shown in the I Will Not Tell Lies segment from The Order of the Phoenix. She also planned to introduce a few educational decrees that would allow hitting students, much to the delight of Filch. I've been telling Dumbledore for years and years he's too soft with you all, said Filch, chuckling nastily. You filthy little beasts would never have dropped stink pellets if you'd known I had it in my power to whip you raw, would you now? Nobody would have thought of throwing fanged frisbees down the corridors if I could have strung you up by the ankles in my office, would they? But when educational decree number 29 comes in, Potter aren't be allowed to do them things. This quote also gives us an important bit of information, Educational Decree 29. So what does Educational Decree 29 actually state? Apparently, this decree would have given Argus Filch proper permission to physically punish students for misbehaving. Fortunately, this decree never came to pass. However, there was something almost as bad, a form called the Approval for Whipping form. 
This form would effectively give Filch the same power that the decree would and would allow him to hit the students, a dream come true for someone like Filch. Approval for whipping, approval for whipping, I can do it at last, they've had it coming to them for years. He pulled out a piece of parchment, kissed it, then shuffled rapidly back out of the door, clutching it to his chest. Filch elbowed his way closer to Umbridge, almost crying with happiness. I've got the form, headmistress, he said hoarsely, waving the piece of parchment Harry had just seen him take from her desk. I've got the form and I've got the whips waiting. Oh, let me do it now. Filch had been wanting to physically hurt students for years, but under Dumbledore's administration, never got the chance. This is reflected in the following excerpt. A highly polished collection of chains and manacles hung on the wall behind Filch's desk. It was common knowledge that he was always begging Dumbledore to let him suspend students by their ankles from this ceiling. However, when it came time for Filch to exercise his approval for whipping with Fred and George, they clearly weren't having any of it. Very good, Argus. You two are about to learn what happens to wrongdoers in my school. You know what? I don't think we are. George, I think we've outgrown full-time education. Yeah, I've been feeling that way myself. I think they made the right move at the right time. However, it wasn't just Umbridge that was a proponent of punishing students physically. When Hogwarts was taken over and Snape assumed the role of headmaster, the Caros, Amicus and Electo, effectively had free reign over Hogwarts students. Given that they are, well, evil Death Eaters, I'm sure you can imagine that they would have been just fine with physically hurting students. In perhaps one of the worst displays of corporal punishment I've heard of, apparently their preferred method of administering pain was the Cruciatus Curse, if you can believe it. Do you know about the Caros? Those two Death Eaters who teach here? They do more than teach, said Neville. They're in charge of all discipline. They like punishment, the Caros. Like Umbridge? Nah, they make her look tame. The other teachers are all supposed to refer us to the Caros if we do anything wrong. They don't though, if they can avoid it. You can tell they all hate them as much as we do. Amicus, the bloke, he teaches what used to be defense against the dark arts, except now it's just the dark arts. We're supposed to practice the Cruciatus Curse on people who've earned attentions. I would say that administering the Cruciatus Curse is probably the pinnacle of corporal punishment, so it's fortunate that the Caros weren't in power for long, or Hogwarts would have had some seriously disturbed graduates moving forward. However, one thing that is worth mentioning is that it appears that in the olden days, that is, the days before Harry began attending the school, corporal punishment was far less frowned upon. This is conveyed in the following quote from Filch in The Philosopher's Stone. Follow me, said Filch, lighting a lamp and leading them outside. I bet you'll think twice about breaking a school rule again, won't you, eh? He continued, leering at them. Oh yes, hard work and pain and the best teachers if you ask me. It's just a pity they let the old punishments die out, hang you by your wrists from the ceiling for a few days. I've got the chains still in my office. Keep them well oiled in case they're ever needed. Right, off we go. I don't think of running off now. It'll be worse for you if you do. So it looks like corporal punishment wasn't too far gone by the time Harry had started, as Filch himself seems to have participated in it. My guess is that it was actually Dumbledore that finally put a stop to it when he took over as headmaster. Generally, it's argued that Dumbledore took over properly sometime between 1956 and 1964. So it looks like when Snape hit Ron, he was certainly in the wrong. However, Snape is Snape, so I'm sure that it wouldn't have surprised the other professors very much. What do you guys think? Did you ever wonder if this sort of behavior was actually allowed? Let me know in the comment section below. Until next time, it is the unknown we fear when we look upon death and darkness, nothing more.